Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. The Bible goes on and says, She begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and what? Stay. So this woman obviously had the leadership of a home. My guess is perhaps her husband was dead because he, he wasn't mentioned here or widowed or something had, had happened. But she, she stood in the place of the leader of her family, and, and she was hungry to learn, and she made sure her family learned. And actually her life and witness protected her family and brought the entire family to Christ. So the lack of a man doesn't make you less than a woman, by the way. So she... Not a man. People turn Paul into this sexist, you know, mean individual. You just don't find that in Scripture. This man allows a woman to persuade him. So she persuaded us. This lady wasn't shy. She was not timid. She, she, she was really a rainmaker here. She knew how to get what she needed and how to make things happen. And being a lady should not limit you from moving the ball forward when it needs to be moved. There's a difference between being assertive and aggressive. I don't like aggressive people, men or women. You start pushing on me, I start backing away. But there is a place for us to be assertive. There is a place for us to apply ourselves, put our foot down. And and she, she used the strength of her personality and integrity to move Paul to make a decision. Ladies, you have a powerful ability to influence that sometimes men don't even have. Now, it happened as he went to prayer, though, that a certain slave girl. Now, God has to keep it fair. Now, this one woman was a great blessing, but this next woman almost gets them killed. So, this worship of women, plural, is problematic. There are women that will add to you, but there were women that will subtract to you and almost, they, they will, you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> so we see the balance. A certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us. Literally the spirit of Python here in the Greek, which indicates she had a literal demonic power operating in her life. You think it's innocent to go to some of these fortune tellers. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Just like the snake. They'll sit back and and, and look at your weakness, and once they grab it, they'll release a demon into that area of your life. And you know what? The the reality is they're often accurate, just like this girl was. Demons know some things. Demons have other demon buddies in other parts of the world, and they know how to communicate. And they watched what you did three years ago. They know your mama died when you were six. You hear what I'm saying? So because of that, because the thing was right, Many of us open ourselves up to demonic spirits. We have to be very, very careful about that. And let's reinforce this. Let's take a look at this. Well, this woman, this girl met us who had brought her masters much profit by what? Fortune telling. Now, spiritual systems are often connected to financial systems. Affect one and you impact the other. This is even true in the kingdom. And that's why tithing and giving, all that's so important because how you connect financially impacts you spiritually. But let's go on to 17. This girl followed Paul and us, and watch what she cried out. It was accurate. These men are servants of the Most High God. How many of you think that's right? Who proclaim to us the way of salvation. How many of you know that's right? 
But it's not enough to be right. We have to have the right spirit. What was Satan trying to do? He was trying to sneak in some new age. He was trying to sneak in some voodoo. Do you hear what I'm saying? He was trying to hijack the faith by merging her spirituality that was wrong and false, false into the message of Jesus. And the devil's approach is often if you can't beat them, join them. So the devil can't stop us. So what it tries to do is, is, is synthesize and, and sneak perversion and wickedness into the things we, we righteously believe. Does that make sense to you? Watch 18, though. And this she did for many days. Paul is an incredible leader. I, I kind of sympathize. I understand what's, what's happening with him because it's happened a million times in my own life. He probably hoped that this issue and problem with the girl would go away as she continued to listen to his preaching. But some problems are too deeply rooted to go away without confrontation. And often I'll give people space, man. They come with crazy stuff, but I'm not nobody's judge. I'm not trying to hurt, not trying to put nobody out. And I'll say, you know, just get under the word. And over time, you know, you're believing for them to get free. But then one day turns into another day and then another week and, and three weeks. And they're still creating the same problems, doing the same stuff, using the same tarot cards, checking the horoscope instead of the word of God to find out about their future. You hear what I'm saying? Preaching better than you saying amen. But finally... Paul greatly annoyed. This is important here. I want to say, I want to get this off my chest. This new method of ministry where the pastor has to preach like a kindergarten teacher. You're okay. I'm okay. You're a good boy. Here's a toy. Here's another toy. No correction. No use of authority. You see, some things in our lives will not shift until they're addressed directly. This demon would not go away until it was directly addressed. So the pressure's on for everybody to be this, this, this smiling pastor. Everything is politically correct. No one's feelings are ever hurt. And, and that is what we call ministry. That's why our nation is where it is today. Somebody needs to step on your toe every now and then. Greatly, he wasn't just a little bit. Greatly annoyed, watch what he does. Turned and said to the spirit. Is that what it says? He wasn't angry with the girl. So don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm not mad at nobody. But he was mad at the spirit. He loved the girl enough to hate her devil. And I need to love you enough to hate that demon in your life, twisting and circling and sucking the purpose and destiny God has for you. We need to love people enough to tell them the truth. And he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ. Come out of her. That's exactly what he said. Some things cannot be counseled out. I don't care how many hours of counseling you give it. It just will not go away until it's commanded. Some things are stubborn. The devil is, is he, he's not a sympathetic being. And sometimes he'll only respond when you use force. Do you hear me? So some devils 
cannot just be preached away, can't just be taught away. They have to be commended out. So when you see me up here and it seems like I got an attitude, I'm dealing with a spirit. It's not you. I'm, I'm for you. It's that devil wrapped around your life. That devil putting a squeeze on you that I'm addressing and dealing with. And watch this. He came out. Again, some things you can through teaching get free of. But in this case, teaching didn't work. And when he commanded it out, it came out that very hour. You see, when we operate in our spiritual authority, we can command out in an hour what we have experienced and dealt with for years. But you got to rise up in your authority. You got to stop trying to be the kindergarten cop. You hear what I'm saying? And deal with issues firmly and authoritatively. I'm not letting the devil in my house no more in Jesus' name. It will stop at that door. I will not permit it. I will not allow it. I'm not asking for a vote. I've made the decision. I'm using my authority. Again, some things just won't go away nicely. But when our masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, these men didn't care about the girl. They just cared about the money they were getting. They seized, violently snatched Paul up and Silas, both these guys, and dragged them. And, you know, this was, this was rough. I mean, the knees are getting scraped and, and they're being bruised on the way. Into the marketplace to the authorities. And, you know, some people, if I don't get the best seat and everything's not just right, I'm not following God anymore. These guys, in spite of this treatment, man, I want you to watch what they do. And, and by the way, until this point, just for those that pay attention to Scripture here, all the persecution Paul received came from the Jews. This was the first time persecution directly came from the Gentiles. But you know when it happened? When he messed with their money. I'm not going to, we, we got to get through. <laughs> Let me just say this. If you're mad at what the Bible says about how you should handle your money, it's because you're a Gentile still. If that hurt, it's not you, it's the spirit. You hear it? I just told you, it's the spirit that I'm addressing. Then the multitude rose up together against them. Everybody's mad. The magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. This was no light thing. What they would do is the magistrates actually walked around with people carrying their rods, and it was to intimidate and to remind you of their power. And what they would do is they would band together these, these flexible long rods, and they, they, they'd wrap them up, and they'd begin to beat you nearly to death. Often they'd beat you trying to get a confession, or they would just beat you to, 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 to show everybody, don't, don't mess with the magistrate because this is what we have power to do. But you see, this beating would not only often break bones, it would also mark and mar your body for life. When you got beat with rods, it was to caution everybody watching. Don't you dare try, try to mess with the Roman government because what happened to this person will happen, happen to you. And then watch what it says. And they laid, the Bible doesn't, you know, leave a lot of question here. Many stripes on them. They didn't just hit them five or six times. They beat Paul and Silas with these heavy 
rods that flexed and in front of everybody, by the way. And they were warning every onlooker, don't you dare do what this Paul and this Silas have done, lest you experience the same consequences. And then they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely or put them in the, the innermost prison. But pay attention to this. And didn't God give them a vision of a man in Macedonia? Didn't God guide them to pass up all those other opportunities just to get their butt kicked? What do you do when your vision turns into a nightmare? Sometimes God leads you through rough places. But the Bible said, Jesus, for the glory set before him, endured the cross. These men went through this because they saw something on the other side. And the first hint of trouble doesn't mean you didn't do right. Just because some people don't like you, some people criticize you, doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong. The idea, and I'm back to this soft Christianity, where you know what? If it's God, everything got to be smooth. You don't find it in the book. Having received such a charge, he put him in the inner prison. As if the beating wasn't enough, it only gets worse here. And this is not a comic book. This is not a cartoon. This is not a drama. These are real men and women here. And fastening their feet in the stocks. They were beat with rods, publicly humiliated. But these stocks were pieces of wood with holes so wide that they'd lock your feet in it, but they'd, they'd almost contort your body. You could barely take the pain of being put in the stocks. Again, all this was to, just like the cross, it was designed to tell people, don't mess with Rome. So when they put you in stocks, don't think of, you know, New England and all that. These were some ugly stocks. And, and invariably, when your legs would begin to cramp because they're stretched out so far, you had no power and ability to move them. So you feel it all up. It, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible situation here. And by the way, if you ever feel a little bit stretched, may this verse help you and realize what it really feels like and what it's really like to be overextended. I know some people function in one ministry. Oh, I'm so stretched. One ministry? <laughs> These men, their legs were stretched apart. They were put in the inner prison. Some people say they were dropped in. And their body stretched, their back bloody, bruised, and beaten. Watch what happens next. But at midnight... Stretched to the breaking point, chained in a damp, cold, insect-infected, smelly place without a toilet, by the way. Watch Paul and Silas. They cried, Lord, why? Why, Lord, why? How did you let this happen? God, I'm never going back to the church. God, you're mean. God, you're, you must not love. At midnight, any of you ever have a midnight in your life? At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. What you may not realize is you just discovered the secret to these men's power. God did not use them the way he used them because of their intellect or speaking ability. That's preachers today, not, not, not back then. The reason he used them the way he used them is because of what they chose to worship through. If you heard what I said, if you heard what I said, 
You cannot walk with God beyond your threshold of worship. The place you stop worshiping is the place you lose and the place you're defeated. The reason you can't go further, because when you face a little bit of opposition, you quit, you get angry at God, you get bitter. But these men, when they were hurt, when they were bruised, when they were stretched, when they were wounded, they lifted up their hands and they worshiped a living and loving God. Your worship, your threshold of worship will determine how far you go in your walk with God. It ain't pretty, but it's real. And boy, I know this. And then, you know, I, I ain't never been beating people that threaten to kill me and everything, but they ain't kill me. I'm still here. But, but, man, but there were times in my life all I could do was lift my hands. And Lord, I don't make no sense, God. This ain't fair, God. I don't deserve this, God. But Lord, I will worship you. Lord, I will honor you. You will still God. I can't figure it out, but Lord, I know you do. Lord, I trust you. That's all you can do sometimes. And until we got faith like that, we don't have faith like them. You will not go further than your threshold of worship. If you can't worship, you can't go on. These men did not let their circumstances break them. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. How far we go, church, is not going to be determined by our gifts alone. There were many other very gifted men alive at that time. What's going to determine how far we go is the point we choose to become bitter. The lid over your life is the point you begin to blame and point the finger instead of being grateful. God is not trying to keep you from what's next, but until what happened to you, you don't let stop you from praising him and worship. You're not ready. Because you can't go to what's next bitter. Blaming and angry. It's their fault. My last church is my pastor. It's my mom and dad. You can't go there like that. When I was a child, I talked like a child. Yeah, it was pastor's fault. It was mom and dad's fault. It was everybody's fault. But you see, when I became a man, I put away childish things. And I had to learn in my life, when midnight came, it was time to worship. That that circumstance was there to test my praise, whether it was sincere or not. It's easy to praise when everything's going right. It's easy to praise when you're in good health and, and you feel strong. But when you're hurting, when you're bleeding, and when it's not fair, what do you do? These men were true worshipers. They didn't just have a song service. These men were worshipers. Lord, I'm not giving that which don't cost me nothing. So when I hurt the most, I lift my hands the highest and say, God, I have an opportunity to give you the highest praise, an opportunity, Lord, to give you something that cost me the most. Lord, I love you, even though it don't make sense. And the prisoners were listening to them. See, you never know who's listening. I remember one Saturday night I did a, a service for a pastor and um, the following week, I was in the store, and I heard this man just cussing. I mean, it was one thing that, you know, you get mad, you say, you know, that one or two. No, 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 man. It was. And it went on. 
And you, 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 you know, it, it, you, know you, you hear something, you just keep going because, you know, that's the way people are. But no, it went on and on. And I started feeling sorry for the person on the other side of the phone. But as I looked around the coat rack, it was the pastor. <laughs> Suddenly, I understood why his church was in the position I left it. And then the guy had the audacity to look at me like it was my fault for hearing. Everybody in the store heard. I wasn't snooping. I was down. Everybody heard. But whatever that situation was, was the lid over his life. Did you catch me? You can't get, go beyond that place you refuse to worship. Suddenly. Now, I don't know when your suddenly is going to take place. But I do know that when these men passed the praise test, did you hear me? The events in your life are designed. A lot of it's demonic. God didn't do this to them. But the devil wants to test the sincerity of your praise. And you only know how sincere it really is when it hurts. And the devil's mocking. It ain't real. I know they're in that service and they're all happy. They say, yeah, they feel the Holy Spirit, but wait till they don't feel the Holy Spirit. God, it ain't real. They don't really love you. They're not really for you. So sometimes God in his wisdom say, well, let me, let me see. And he lets you prove what he put in you. So the devil comes and does what he does. And when you do like Job did, do you hear me? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. When you worship God, even when it hurts, that's when you win. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. Y'all make me sweat this morning. Your praise not only has the power to get you out of prison, but everybody listening to you, daughter. This is why I wrapped up early, because the people in this room, you've been unfairly hurt, wounded, and then made captive by the events. My message to you this morning is your future is not determined based on what happened to you or what they did. What happens next in your life is going to be based upon your praise. I believe that people in this room this morning, you need to get your praise back. Amen. Some stuff is happening. You're mad. You're complaining. You're angry. Mad at the pastor. Mad at the deacons. Mad at your husband. Mad at your wife. Mad at your boss. You're just mad. But guess what? You can't go further than you're mad. Your mad is going to eat you alive. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.